0: Welcome to the special LSE Review of Books podcast here at Marxism 2012, a five-day event across London's Bloomsbury, where Marxist activists and academics from around the globe are brought together to discuss alternative strategies to capitalism after the financial crisis. You can hear behind me the closing rally with speakers like Gigi Ibrahim, a well-known activist in the Egyptian uprisings, as well as several student activists here in the UK and trade unionists. In this podcast, Cheryl Brumley talks to Eli Zaretsky about the state of the American left, And Alex Kalinikos speaks to us about the resurgence of Marxist thought. Over the five days, we talked to a few attendees about what Marxism means to them and about the merits of Marx's work. Here's what they had to say. Can you tell us why you're here at the festival today? I'm here first of all because I'm a member of the Socialist Worker Party but I'm also here because I've been to Marxism for the last three years and I think that the issues that we're facing on a global level in terms of the economic crisis and the resistance like particularly the Egyptian revolutions and the struggle in Greece and all over the world is something that we can't ignore.
1: Unlike many people here I think I'm still part of the great unconverted or undecided so I'm just here to see what what's being put forward to see the alternative arguments to the the austerity that seems to have Won a lot of mainstream discussion. Me,
0: a pensioner whose pension is less than £7,000 a year to live on, I can't go and do anything. But I know I'm a revolutionary, so I try and have a little go all at the time.
1: It's a very big festival at the moment because of the crisis, it's become much bigger. So there's a lot more speakers, um, a lot more uh, interest, so there's a lot more to be had from it. Apparently, um, sales of Das capital have like, trebled in the last few years since the, since the crisis. People are dissatisfied.
0: Working people are all the same. It doesn't matter what country you live in. And, and uh, you work, and you work, and you work, and you die. And you make an awful lot of money for the for people at the top, the very rich. And I think that's what people have got to know, how the world works. Can you share any anecdotes with us or any little stories about when you had like a a eureka moment with Marx?
1: My eureka moment came with reading The German Ideology by Marx and Engels, which lays out the materialist uh, conception of history and yeah, that was when I thought yeah this really makes sense as a way of looking at the world.
0: I think everyone's affected by class struggles and by other struggles as well so like race or homophobia and stuff like that so I think everyone potentially can be moved by these ideas. My favourite book is The Civil War in France which tells you what Marx was saying with the working class people in Paris all over to Britain all over the world. We'll return to Marxism 2012 in a moment. But first we'll look at the place of leftist movements across the Atlantic. We caught up with Eli Zaretsky, Professor of History at the New School for Social Research, ahead of his LSE Ralph Miliband lecture on the vibrancy and importance of America's left. Cheryl Brumley talks to Eli about his latest book, Why America Needs the Left, and about how President Obama may have failed his left-leaning supporters. What is the left to you, and why do you think America is in need of this constituency, particularly now?
2: The left to me is very diverse. There are different kinds of left uh, all through the world. I think the thing that unites the left is a commitment to equality. The left is an idea that took shape in the 18th century. It has different stages to the history. So I don't see the American left as a continuous history. I, it's episodic. It's only come in crucial moments. And those moments are moments of crisis. And I believe that this is a moment of crisis in American history. By crisis, I don't mean just the economic crisis. I mean finding a new direction for the Country, And I I don't believe the left supplies an answer to what the new direction is. But I believe that in all of our previous crises, which were the the Civil War crisis, the uh, Great Depression, the 1960s, the left has been indispensable. And it's been indispensable because it's brought the idea of equality to the table of discussing which direction the country is going to move in. And I think without that idea, you can't have a resolution to uh, a crisis.
0: What is your response to people who say the very foundation of America is this drive towards a more egalitarian ideal, and this has negated the need for a left over the centuries?
2: There are really two different meanings to egalitarianism or to equality. The liberal meaning is equality before the law. It's a, it's a formal meaning. And to give substance to that, through our history, we have needed a, a left that has put pressure on the liberal ideal, not rejected it, but deepened it and questioned it. In the first case, it was the issue of racial equality. In the second case, the Great Depression, it was the issue of social equality. In the New Left, it was the issue of equal participation in every sphere of society. So just having a formal commitment to equality hasn't been enough. We've needed these moments when you have a left that comes and puts pressure on the liberal ideal. So there's a tension between them, but they need one another. If you don't have a left, and we've seen this in the United States recently, then you get a kind of empty liberalism. And if you don't have liberalism, then you get an authoritarian left. So you need both of them.
0: Can you talk to us about the rise of the Tea Party in the States in recent years? In
2: a sense, the Tea Party is there and has been so powerful because we haven't had a really active left. So that when Obama became president, he didn't really try to move the country in a new and progressive direction. He defined the basic questions as technical questions, economistic questions, and having a series of compromises that were really not based on a deep conception of values with the right. No one expects that an American president is going to be on the left. But you do expect that an American president will inspire the country to generate ideas and so forth to move in an overall new direction. And had Obama done that, I think the left would respond. Instead, he called for this bipartisan approach, which was empty. And I mean, I think everybody can see that now. It it gave the right, the opportunity to seize the moral high ground. And the product was the Tea Party. And the the Tea Party is a very important phenomenon has deep roots in American history, the idea of independence, the idea of individualism, individual freedom, and so forth. Well, the Tea Party doesn't understand the conception of equality that animates the left
0: does America have a left now? You talk about the new left. Who are they? What do they look like? And what type of force do they contribute to America?
2: I mean America has a left today, but I call my book Why America Needs a Left. I don't call my book Why America Needs the Left, meaning the left that's in the United States today. So we need a different kind of left, more coherent. There's a lot of activity that doesn't really identify itself as part of a left tradition, as activity in the women's movement, in the gay movement in the unions, in the schools. Of course, Occupy Wall Street is decisive proof of the power of what I would call a left sentiment in the United States today. So what I'm trying to do in the book is really give people the weapons that they need, which is intellectual weapons and history of what progressive forces have done in the past and the contribution that they've made. They haven't solved the problem, but they've been indispensable to a, a solution because they've raised this critical question of equality. And I believe we may come. Up with new ideals that are a part of that but we have a history that we can be very proud of
0: That was Eli Zaretsky speaking about his book Why America Needs a Left Earlier at Marxism 2012 we talked to Alex Kalinikos Professor of European Studies at King's College London to get his thoughts on Marx's place in the midst of a near global recession and also about the new generation of Marxist supporters I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready, I'm ready for the revolution.
1: The main uh, series of meetings I'm going to be introducing are concerned with the relevance of Leninism today. I'm trying to show why Lenin's political experience and ideas still are relevant in the 21st century, which is quite a All order to argue that, but I'm still going to try and do it.
0: It seems like there are a lot of students, scholars, campaigners, journalists out here today. Do you think it's fair to say that there's a resurgence in interest in Marxist thought?
1: Oh, definitely. It's very evident. For example, last year David Harvey gave the Isaac Deutscher Memorial Lecture on Marx's Method in Capital, which isn't the most accessible of subjects to an audience of 1,200 people, most of whom were young, and that's like Marxism, is a sign of the rebirth of interest in Marxist ideas.
0: And we're asking a lot of people today if they can tell us a bit about a eureka moment they had with Marxist writing. So can you recall a moment in the library maybe when you were studying, something that just clicked with you?
1: Yes, I think the eureka moment was when I went a very long time ago as an undergraduate at Oxford. I went to a series of lectures on Marx's theory of alienation. And it was the eureka moment for me in the sense it made me understand that Marx wasn't a sort of dry economic reductionist as he sometimes caricatured, but that his theory is much more broad about what capitalism does to human beings and denies their potential and so on. So that was my eureka moment.
0: And, as you said, a lot of young people sort of more interested. And for people maybe who are looking for answers about austerity and, and what can be done, alternative answers, is there a starting point that you think everybody should start with this particular reading or this particular introduction?
1: There's a very good new introduction, Terry Eagleton's book, Why Marx Was Right, but uh, it would be unjust to myself, not to mention my much older introduction, the revolutionary ideas of Karl Marx. Uh, They approach the subject in somewhat different ways, but I think they both give a good presentation of Marx's ideas.
0: So the lectures that you're giving on austerity over the weekend, could you just give us a little intro or some some key messages that you're hoping to deliver and discuss?
1: Well, I mean, I think the the key thing is to get over that the problem isn't just mis- guided policies or corrupt individuals, if you think of the debate about Barclays and and that, that kind of thing. The important thing to understand is the problem is systemic and that the problems that we're facing arise from the fundamental logic of capitalism. That's important because once you grasp that, then... You begin to understand that the challenge is not simply to provide an alternative to austerity as a particular sort of package of public policies, but to develop an alternative to capitalism. The two are connected, because I think the kind of alternative programme to austerity, which I think has to involve things like nationalising the banks, for example, begins to point you in the direction of a different kind of economic system the increase of interest in Marxism is partly because of the crisis but I think it's more about the fact that resistance to the crisis is, is developing in different forms the Egyptian revolution Occupy, the strikes over pensions and so on and that gives a much more favourable context for the discussion of Marxist ideas
0: That's all for today's special episode on Marx and the Left Thanks for joining us For reviews of the latest books in social science find us at lsereviewofbooks.com or tweet us at LSE Review Books. This podcast was produced by Cheryl Brumley. Earlier, you heard Ready, a song from The Faction, a band that claims to put the soul in socialism. We'll leave you with more from them. I'm Amy Mullett. Until next time.
1: It's a real crisis. The owners didn't suffer. It's us that pays the price. The next 20 years will be a battle for resources. The roads have been rigged
2: since the industrial boom The markets say you're moral but I know just what to do